There's a pretty nice view from Mountain View. I said Kathleen MacArthur to her friend Judith Wright on a bright summer's day. And I don't know about you, but my greatest fears are that someone will take all this beauty away. So let's fight, oh let's fight for it, I say. Wildflowering Adventures, Part Two, a lunch hour theatre script by Kathleen MacArthur. Kathleen has left us a legacy of her fierce love of nature with her art and her writing. Her wildflower paintings have travelled around the world. Kathleen, through her work, tries to educate the public to the beauty of our local wildflowers and nature and believes passionately the eye cannot see what the mind doesn't know. At the time of writing, we are experiencing a drought. No rain for ages. The people of this dry and dusty land The water is low but the spirit is high The earth has been parched by the sun and the sky All that we need is for God just to cry Tears from the sky it is Calandra's longest period without rain since 1862. And that just may be true, if not easy to confirm, which serves as a preamble to bushfires which are burning everywhere. Fire always makes me serious. We are but parasites and the land our host. The parasite which bleeds its host to death destroys itself. Let us take into ourselves all living things that are. Those who advocate burning off will always say... Here is proof. See how the ground responds to fire? What I find most noticeable, after fire, is the use of wildflowers and the balance of nature. It is the wildflower that holds the sand dunes together, the wildflower that will germinate on eroded land, and the wildflower that will spring up through the ashes of a fire. It is the wildflower, then, that nurses the soil in the first stages of its return to health. I am excited the Banksia emula has recovered well from the fires of last summer and today was to be seen in all stages of life. The blackened and burst cones so weird and ugly with their gaping seed pods like the eyes and mouth of some mythical creature, undoubtedly Australian. It's a Banksia man! It's a Banksia man! It is after fire when the wallum grass trees send up the thousands of flowering spears. When they first open, the fine clear honey simply drips off them and one only has to rub the tongue up the inflorescence to get a mouthful of pure, unadulterated nectar. Which, says the Macquarie Dictionary, is the food of the gods of classical mythology. The Karamundi flats this summer are all gold and brown now. Still no rain. Flowering proceeds in the lowest parts of swampy areas and where sheltered from wind and frost. 
Otherwise, death has a word to say. Today I found a leek orchid keeled right over and withered, like a plucked flower kept out of water. Out on the sugar bag, no flower blooms, and even the trees droop with thirst. In uncleared forests where mulch lies thick but dry at the base of the trees, it is the same. It is a truly sad picture, but the mind races ahead of the eyes to see the miraculous recovery that will follow the first soaking of the land. Two-Way Creek is but a trickle between holes, but on the creek flats I was greeted by the continuous and loud humming of bees that were busily gathering a rich store. My eyes at once gathered in these riches, the bounty and the beauty. There were the bush peas, some yellow with red centres, others plain yellow. There were masses and masses of these to which the bees were paying particular attention. Almost everything seemed to be flowering and the sight of it all was gay, refreshing and soul-stirring. Not a breath of drought, but this is a relatively small area in comparison. I do hope rain will come soon. Four and a half inches of gentle rain have refreshed the existing flowers and will, I hope, bring out those that have been long delayed by lack of moisture. Spurred on by the rain, Kathleen sets out to find the first sun orchid for the year. Not having been to the north side of Karamundi for several months, Kathleen set off with a spring-like enthusiasm. With no thought for the tides, I arrived at the crossing at full tide and got soaked through for my carelessness. That was soon remedied, for seclusion is part of the spot's heavenliness and my clothes dried on bushes while I explored. No one was there to see. Kathleen did find a blue sun orchid. Just one, right in the middle of the plain. I looked at it and left it there, beautiful and mysterious. And as I walked away, I felt humble and very clumsy. Douglas Stewart was affected by the same flower in a different way in his poem. Sun orchids. Again next spring when the heath blows white and pink and ants come out of their holes and run on the rock. Those clear blue flowers will stand on the blue sky's brink and close in rain and open in sun and look. Except for the cup at the centre, some flecks like sand, like a distillation of sapphire air, than anything out of the earth, and when they stand, so clear, so candid, somebody else can peer. As I once did in that deep silky cup, whose seed of light would drown in a drop of rain, for there's no orchid or gully or mountain top, but holds some secret knowledge best left alone. And small as it was, blue on that sandstone spur, once was enough, it held the sun in there. The poet's eyes will often help us to see a truth. And Judith Wright is a poet whose love for the land is deep-rooted, intellectual and passionate. The love she has for the soil and its welfare is an important part of her life, and so is evident in her poetry. Dark gift. The flower begins in the dark where life is not. Death has a word to speak, and the flower begins. And again, open. Green hand and give the dark gift you hold. And from life she turns to death, to stand like wrung trees, whose boughs no longer murmur their foolish answers to spring. 
whose blossoms now are the only lasting flowers, the creeping lichens of death. And still another warning from Judith Wright. Eroded hills. These hills my father's father stripped, and beggars to the winter wind, they crouch like shoulders, naked and whipped, humble, abandoned, out of mind. We gain greatly by studying the ideas of such a poet as Judith Wright, who leads us through our own countryside, showing us the universal truths in the imagery of the life about us. In The Maker, she explains her role as a poet. I hold the crimson fruit and plumage of the palm. Flame tree, that scarlet spirit, in my soil takes root. My days burn with the sun, my nights with moon and star. Since into myself I took all living things that are. All things that glow and move, all things that change and pass, I gather their delight as in a burning glass. All things I focus in the crystal of my sense. I give them breath and life and set them free in the dance. The spoonleaf sundew was spotted flowering just as it is sometimes caught in the act of eating insects. Sundew is a perfect name for it has a drop of fluid on the end of each of the hairs which cover the leaves and this fluid catches the sunlight as does the dew. It also catches unsuspecting insects which stick to the fluid the surrounding hairs closing in on it. Then the fluid acts as a digestive agent until there is nothing left of the insect but its shell, which the hairs release. New Zealand spinach is well known as a native food, although it's surprising how few people recognise it. It tastes like spinach and can be successfully used as a substitute in recipes. It's very common on our beaches and there it grows lusciously in a wet season. As is only to be expected, council mowers show no respect for it. Perhaps they see it as untidy, which seems to be the direction in management these last few years. But Caloundra still hasn't yet won a tidy town's prize. But watch for it. The concrete is spreading rapidly. I know a place where wild yams grow, but I won't tell you where it is. Forty years ago, I told some people where wild orchids were growing, and they all disappeared. It is but a wild flower untamed by man. It is one of all outcasts of the berry clan. It will not be staying where the good flowers abide. It will be burning and crying on the bale side. In the hopeless desert, it will strive to grow. It will not be the servant in a quiet row. In the sweet garden, it will make a moan. It will be crying and crying to go out alone. It will go to the dark lane, it will live in woe. It will be in places where the weeds are ashamed to grow. 
It will turn bitter all the heart of man. It is a wild thing that grows with the berry clan. This podcast series was produced by the Sunshine Coast Council Heritage Library with the support of a strategic priority grant from the State Library of Queensland. This series was produced in 2022 and may not be reproduced for any commercial or non-commercial interest.